Chapter Seventeen of Zastrozzi, a Romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Zastrozzi, a Romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Seventeen. Si fractus illabatur orbis impavidum ferient ruinae horace at last the day arrived when exposed to a public trial matilda was conducted to the tribunal of il consiglio di dieci the inquisitors were not as before at a table in the middle of the apartment but a sort of throne was raised at one end, on which a stern-looking man, whom she had never seen before, sat. A great number of Venetians were assembled, and lined all sides of the apartment. Many in black vestments were arranged behind the superior's throne among whom matilda recognized those who had before examined her conducted by two officials with a faltering step a pallid cheek and downcast eye matilda advanced to that part of the chamber where sat the superior the dishevelled ringlets of her hair floated unconfined over her shoulders her symmetrical and elegant form was enveloped in a thin white robe the expression of her sparkling eyes was downcast and humble yet seemingly unmoved by the scene before her she remained in silence at the tribunal the curiosity and pity of every one as they gazed on the loveliness of the beautiful culprit was strongly excited who is she who is she ran in inquiring whispers round the apartment no one could tell again deep silence reigned not a whisper interrupted the appalling calm at last the superior in a sternly solemn voice said matilda contessa di laurentini you are here arraigned on the murder of la marchesa di strobazzo canst thou deny it canst thou prove to the contrary my ears are open to conviction does no one speak for the accused he ceased uninterrupted silence reigned again he was about again with a look of detestation and horror he had fixed his penetrating eye upon the trembling matilda and had unclosed his mouth to utter the fatal sentence when his attention was arrested by a man who rushed from the crowd and exclaimed in a hurried tone la contessa di laurentini is innocent who are you who dare assert that exclaimed the superior with an air of doubt i am answered he ferdinand seilnitz a german 
the servant of la contessa di laurentini and i dare assert that she is innocent your proof exclaimed the superior with a severe frown it was late answered ferdinand when i entered the apartment and then i beheld two bleeding bodies and la contessa di laurentini who lay bereft of sense on the sofa stop exclaimed the superior ferdinand obeyed the superior whispered to one in black vestments and soon four officials entered bearing on their shoulders an open coffin the superior pointed to the ground the officials deposited their burden and produced to the terror-struck eyes of the gazing multitude julia the lovely julia covered with innumerable and ghastly gashes all present uttered a cry of terror all started shocked and amazed from the horrible sight yet some recovering themselves gazed at the celestial loveliness of the poor victim to revenge which unsubdued by death still shone from her placid features a deep-drawn sigh heaved matilda's bosom tears spite of all her firmness rushed into her eyes and she had nearly fainted with dizzy horror but overcoming it and collecting all her fortitude she advanced towards the course of her rival and in the numerous wounds which covered it saw the fiat of her future destiny she still gazed on it a deep silence reigned not one of the spectators so interested were they uttered a single word not a whisper was heard through the spacious apartment stand off guilt-stained relentless woman at last exclaimed the superior fiercely is it not enough that you have persecuted through life the wretched female who lies before you murdered by you cease therefore to gaze on her with looks as if your vengeance was yet insatiated but retire wretch officials take her into your custody meanwhile bring the other prisoner two officials rushed forward and led matilda to some distance from the tribunal four others entered leading a man of towering height and majestic figure the heavy chains with which his legs were bound rattled as he advanced matilda raised her eyes zastrozzi stood before her she rushed forwards the officials stood unmoved oh zastrozzi she exclaimed dreadful wicked has been the tenor of our life base ignominious will be its termination unless we repent 
fierce horrible may be the eternal torments which will rack us ere four-and-twenty hours are elapsed repent then Sastrozzi, repent and as you have been my companion in apostasy to virtue follow me likewise in dereliction of stubborn and determined wickedness this was pronounced in a low and faltering voice matilda replied sastrozzi whilst a smile of contemptuous atheism played over his features matilda fear not fate wills us to die and i intend to meet death to encounter annihilation with tranquillity am i not convinced of the non-existence of a deity am i not convinced that death will but render this soul more free more unfettered why need i then shudder at death why need any one whose mind has risen above the shackles of prejudice the errors of a false and injurious superstition here the superior interposed and declared he could allow private conversation no longer quitting matilda therefore sastrozzi unappalled by the awful scene before him unshaken by the near approach of agonizing death which he now fully believed he was about to suffer advanced towards the superior's throne every one gazed on the lofty stature of zastrozzi and admired his dignified mien and dauntless composure even more than they had the beauty of matilda every one gazed in silence and expected that some extraordinary charge would be brought against him the name of Zastrozzi, pronounced by the superior had already broken the silence when the culprit gazing disdainfully on his judge told him to be silent for he would spare him much needless trouble i am a murderer exclaimed sastrozzi i deny it not i buried my dagger in the heart of him who injured me but the motives which led me to be an assassin were at once excellent and meritorious for i swore at a loved mother's deathbed to revenge her betrayer's falsehood think you that whilst i perpetrated the deed i feared the punishment or whilst i revenged a parent's cause that the futile torments which i am doomed to suffer here had any weight in my determination no no if the vile deceiver who brought my spotless mother to a tomb of misery fell beneath the dagger of one who swore to revenge her if i sent him to another world 
who destroyed the peace of one i loved more than myself in this am i to be blamed sastrozzi ceased and with an expression of scornful triumph folded his arms go on exclaimed the superior go on go on go on echoed from every part of the immense apartment he looked around him his manner awed the tumultuous multitude and in uninterrupted silence the spectators gazed upon the unappalled sastrozzi who towering as a demigod stood in the midst am i then called upon said he to disclose things which bring painful remembrances to my mind ah how painful but no matter you shall know the name of him who fell beneath this arm you shall know him whose memory even now i detest more than i can express i care not who knows my actions convinced as i am and convinced to all eternity as i shall be of their rectitude know then that olivia was my mother a woman in whom every virtue every amiable and excellent quality i firmly believe to have been centred the father of him who by my arts committed suicide but six days ago in la contessa di laurentini's mansion took advantage of a moment of weakness and disgraced her who bore me he swore with the most sacred oaths to marry her but he was false my mother soon brought me into the world the seducer married another and when the destitute olivia begged a pittance to keep her from starving her proud betrayer spurned her from his door and tauntingly bade her exercise her profession the crime i committed with thee perjured one exclaimed my mother as she left his door shall be my last and by heavens she acted nobly a victim to falsehood she sank early to the tomb and ere her thirtieth year she died her spotless soul fled to eternal happiness never shall i forget though but fourteen when she died never shall i forget her last commands my son said she my pietrino revenge my wrongs revenge them on the perjured verezzi revenge them on his progeny for ever and by heaven i think i have revenged them ere i was twenty-four the false villain though surrounded by seemingly impenetrable grandeur though forgetful of the offence to punish which this arm was nerved sank beneath my dagger 
but i destroyed his body alone added sastrozzi with a terrible look of insatiated vengeance time has taught me better his son's soul is hell doomed to all eternity he destroyed himself but my machinations though unseen effected his destruction matilda di laurentini ha why do you shudder when with repeated stabs you destroyed her who now lies lifeless before you in her coffin did you not reflect upon what must be your fate you have enjoyed him whom you adored you have even been married to him and for the space of more than a month you have tasted unutterable joys and yet you are unwilling to pay the price of your happiness by heavens i am not added he bursting into a wild laugh ah poor fool matilda did you think it was from friendship i instructed you how to gain verezzi no no it was revenge which induced me to enter into your schemes with zeal which induced me to lead her whose lifeless form lies yonder to your house foreseeing the effect it would have upon the strong passions of your husband and now added sastrozzi i have been candid with you judge pass your sentence but i know my doom and instead of horror experience some degree of satisfaction at the arrival of death since all i have to do on earth is completed zastrozzi ceased and unappalled fixed his expressive gaze upon the superior surprised at zastrozzi's firmness and shocked at the crimes of which he had made so unequivocal an avowal the superior turned away in horror still zastrozzi stood unmoved and fearlessly awaited the fiat of his destiny the superior whispered to one in black vestments four officials rushed in and placed zastrozzi on the rack even whilst writhing under the agony of almost insupportable torture his nerves were stretched zastrozzi's firmness failed him not but upon his soul illumined countenance played a smile of most disdainful scorn and with a wild convulsive laugh of exulting revenge he died end of chapter 17 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey end of zastrozzi a romance 
by Percy Bysshe Shelley.